and welcome to the See For Yourself podcast, the only podcast where all of our brides are runaway brides. I am your host for today, American is Dystopian, and I am joined by Bertie Crocker, chef extraordinaire. Mm, not to be confused with Betty Crocker. Who's that? The episode for today is going to be Santo in The Fury of the Karate Masters. I have never experienced as much difficulty pinning down like the exact movie I'm looking for as I have with this one, but we also don't do a whole ton of foreign films. Certainly not foreign films that are as expansive as the Santo collection. There are apparently a bajillion Santo movies. Yes, I, I've been made aware of that. I didn't know this was a foreign film, although I guess that makes sense. I'm sorry. Like, are you telling me that you thought that this was an American-made movie? Yes. Yep. Like from the moment I was, I was looking up movies that were on Tubi for free because I want you know free movies for people for this podcast. One of the posters that came up was Santo versus whatever because apparently that's the naming convention for these movies. Santo fights a thing basically, and it's very clear that Santo is like a luchador of some kind. I mean, uh, I knew that. I just uh, that there, there's um, like not an absence of luchador media in American culture. That's that is true. And like if there was any culture we should be able to sort of like incorporate into American culture, it should be like Mexican culture, right? Like there are yeah. direct neighbors, like we should be able to sort of intermingle like easily. You'd think so. It makes sense when you say it out loud, but knowing America's history surrounding this topic, we're fucking huge assholes about it. So I get the I guess I get the thought process, but in my mind I was like, when you said like maybe these movies were made by Americans, I'm like, no, please no. <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe it's, um, maybe at the time that they were making these movies, it wasn't as prominent, but, like, I grew up watching that cartoon, Lucha Libre. My favorite wrestler was Rey Mysterio. Like, it's it's not like they don't exist. I do think Rey Mysterio was just about everybody's, like, first introduction to the, the concept of a luchador. Most, most he, Americans... Yeah, he's the, he's the Americanized Taco Bell of lucha, lucha uh, phenomenon. I'm... Fairly ignorant. I know I watched Mucha Lucha and I watched. El That's Tigre. what it was. Mucha Lucha was what it yeah. was. Nacho Libre. It was Nacho oh. Libre. So yeah, Nacho Libre and El Tigre and all and like you know, Mucha Lucha had to walk so that El Tigre could run, right? I mean, I didn't even like El Tigre. I thought Mucha Lucha was a better show. Oh no, man, El Tigre was better than it had any right to be. It was a Nickelodeon show, so already kind of like eh, could be pretty bad, right? But uh, I don't know. I, I would say there were a lot of things to love about El Tigre. But before we get entirely off the rails here, <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and read the blurb really quick. Welcome to our Lucha podcast. Welcome to our podcast where we just sort of reminisce on our childhood. So the blurb reads as follows. An evil priestess and her twin sister battle for control of a powerful crystal. That's that's the blurb, by the way. That's it. Awesome. I'm, I feel so bad because we've had some pretty bad blurbs in the past. And I know that like a lot of how you interact with this podcast is based on what does the blurb say? Let me try to like figure Tear it out. apart. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, my my first uh, approach to this is the fact that we've got a poster of a luchador, the title of Kung Fu Masters, and now the Sorceress Priestess in the blurb. I feel like three different people put this shit together. So it has to be like a translation issue or something, right? Like maybe, I, I genuinely believed as I was looking this up, because like before we started, I was like, ah, shit, something's wrong. And you were like, what is it? And I was like, ah, I was having trouble like saying it. And I just said, you know what, fuck it, let's just go. It's, I'd rather get something recorded than, than sit around here trying to figure out what's 
the issue here because as I'm reading this, the the image looks like the image for Santo in the Fist of Death, and maybe Fury uh, of the of the Kung Fu Experts is the same movie as the Fist of Death, or maybe they're different movies. They just have a similar cover. I don't know. I these are the kind of problems I want to have. Like I would much rather have like some kind of ambiguity about finding the right movie, and then somebody accidentally watches a different Santo movie and then has to watch the right one afterwards. I'd rather that issue than just like the movie we're talking about doesn't exist or something like that. So right. I'm, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense now that you're, by the way, when, when we're talking about this as a foreign film, is this a Mexican foreign film? You know, honestly, I am under the assumption that it, it is a Mexican foreign film. So I, I could be wrong. This could have been made in Hollywood. Oh, you don't even, this could, this could be an American film and you're just fucking yeah. razzing my berries. Yeah, I know. I realized that as I was like, reacting to you i was like actually i i don't know for a fact this was made in mexico i just hate the idea of like <laughs> like i guess it's fine if they're like we moved out of mexico to texas and we like texas so much and we wanted to bring some of our culture to the texas community and like so here we are we made these these movies about this this character santo he's a he's a luchador and he fights evil priestesses who are twin sisters and they battle for control of a mystical gem of some kind and also there's karate in there for some reason I'm going to go ahead and call this first prediction out the gate. There's going to be a bunch of Bruce Lee-esque references in this. It was made in 1982. This would be at the like height of Bruce Lee fever for sure. This movie is going to have like Bruce Lee style characters or, or you know what I mean? Like an homage to Bruce Lee. Right. This, this is going to be Enter the Dragon, but with, with a luchador. I'm hoping that this is done in good taste because it's possible that like, you know, maybe the movie was filmed and like maybe before Bruce Lee died and they weren't able to like get it out until after he died when it when he had like become more popular. Now they're finally people are like, oh, you got like a a Bruce Lee kind of movie. Cool. Put it out there. I don't, we, we don't care what's in it. As long as it's like people look at it and think Bruce Lee, we, we will buy it. We will put money into it. So you guys can put out your movie finally in 1982. Maybe it's just horribly disrespectful to Bruce Lee. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I don't, I don't know enough about like Lucha wrestling stuff. I imagine they're going to have to upplay that and downplay the Bruce Lee aspects a lot to make uh, our hero Santo win. Or, or, and here's another prediction. We've already talked about how there's a mystical rock. Maybe Bruce Lee's magical. I mean, not Bruce Lee, sorry. Bruce Lee's definitely magical. Uh, right. Maybe, maybe Santo's magical. Maybe. Am I, is that not, is that not going to fly for you? You're just like, no fucking way is fucking Santo magical. I, ju I just don't, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be fun to see if that's the thing when it's like, God, how will I beat all these karate masters? Oh, I'm magic. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I think that'd be cool. I don't know. Like, I I think the reason I'm saying this, and I, I even as I'm saying it and your reaction, I'm thinking like, yeah, that's pretty wacky. You know, that's a little, a little out there. Damn, I, I really do need to do better to make better predictions. So this is me putting my best foot forward. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Santo's going to be magical. Or like, I don't know what powers he might have. He shoot fire out of his hands. Or maybe, what's like a cool power for a wrestler to have? Like maybe he can uh, affect gravity or something. Like that way he flies like more easily. Or he like, when he slams down on someone, he's heavier. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, that makes sense. Like, um, you know, so when he goes off the ropes, he does like, you know, they, they do more acrobatic shit. It would also make sense because if uh, if they use any of the suspension wire effects for the, for the Kung Fu guys. Um, oh, like, uh, oh yeah. 
uh, like, what is it, Wire Foo, I think they call it. Yeah, and then they can have uh, him doing that same stuff, but in his Lucha style. That would be so much fun. I'd love that. That'd be great. I think this uh, this sorceress and, and the, the priestess, here's my wild prediction. Like, I'm going to set the scene for you here. There's there's the wrestling uh, ring right in, in the middle of the room, and we've got the sorceress on one side and the priestess on the other side, like, looking up from, from the balcony, like um, the, those two grouchy Muppets. And one of them's bet on Santo, and the other one's bet on the Karate Masters. This whole thing is some contrived contest to see who gets the magic rock. I do want to apologize really quickly. I've misled you a little bit. The blurb does say that they are evil priestesses, not sorceresses, oh. and that they're after a powerful crystal. So it's, oh, they're not, all right. They they're could be, evil. it could just be that these are, I'm sticking with Santo's magical. I, I want that to be the case, so I'm going to just leave it out there. And the crystal could be powerful in that it's magical, but it doesn't specifically allude to magic at all. My, our brains just sort of leapt to that conclusion because. Oh, good grief. <laughs> The power of the crystal could literally be that whoever has the crystal is in control of these kick-ass kung fu masters. <laughs> That's what makes the crystal powerful, is that these kung fu masters will do your bidding as long as you hold the crystal. Which, well, which, god damn it. Like, that effectively makes it magical, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess that works. And then, like, San, like maybe maybe Santo, like, sees these priestesses, like, bickering, and he's just like, oh, cool, it's, it's a cat fight, that's hot, I'll watch. And then they, like, pull out the crystal, and the kung fu masters show up and start, like, ca causing mayhem, and he's, like, upset about it, so he, like, goes in to fight him, but it doesn't, it's not clear why he's upset. And so when he goes in to get the crystal off of them, he's just upset that they were making these guys do stuff against their will or whatever. He's like, he's like, no, these kung fu masters need to be, you know, being free and, like, having <laughs> Free and live their kung fu life. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing here? And so he just, like, goes off to have a mojito with the kung fu masters and, like, hang out with them. And he's like, what's up, guys? Like, just, just do it. Bitches, do am I want. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the fact that they're priestesses implies that they're doing the bidding of some uh, higher being. I'd assume they're evil priestesses. So maybe uh, maybe that's why Santo's there. Because, uh, like, he's the holy crusader in kung fu land. What if Santo is the deity that they worship to? Oh, no. They summon him to fight off the kung fu masters. Their kung fu masters come into town and beating up on people, and they're like, "We have to pray to our chosen god Santo, and he will come down and fight them away." That's that's why we worship Santo, as he protects us from ne'er do wells like these foreign villains and their strange ways of doing battle that we don't understand. <laughs> oh God, I wish I knew something about Santo. This is this is gonna be fun, not having any fucking clue what's gonna go on in this movie. The reason I was so drawn to Santo as a concept is that it seems like there's so many movies for Santo, and I've never heard of this guy. Not once. And it's not well, even so like he's very old. This is a 1980s movie. So it's wild because um, either it was so good that they had to make more, but all of these seem like the clickbaitiest movie titles, you know? It's like Santo and the Blue Demon versus Dracula and Dr. Octopus or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they do all kind of have that, like, Santo versus Frankenstein's ghost and the mummies of the Black Lagoon, you know? Like yeah, yeah it, it's names. all this shit. So either it was so wildly popular in its own way that it had a cult following, or this is Santo's dream. This is written, directed, and starring Santo himself. Man, I, I've, I've got all this time and this money, and I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to share Lucha with the world in the only way I know how, by fighting Frankenstein's daughter. I like that interpretation of it. I think that that would be beautiful. Like, if I had all the money in the world and could do anything I want with it, that's the kind of thing I would do, where I would just be like, yeah, I'm just going to make a movie where I follow me and my cat all day, and we just hang out and, like, 
I pet my cat and he purrs and the movie's just that and it's awesome. And people might not like it or they, they might like it. I don't know. But uh, maybe the creature from the Black Lagoon shows up or maybe uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo shows up. I'm just going to pick characters I like that like I can just pay money to have them in the movie. Um, <laughs> this is somebody's fan fiction come to life. <laughs> I love that. I think that's awesome. Quick question. Luchadors are kind of known for having like a really well-built physique and they, they go around shirtless, but they have the mask on and like a little, maybe like a speedo kind of thing. Is Santo going to be sexy? I'm going to say yes, but for like 80s standards, you know how they were like fucking dad bod ripped? Oh God, I would love that. That, that makes him better in my mind. Oh, for sure. I think the two priestesses are going to be like, what's the politically correct way to say bimbo? <laughs> I think if you proceed it with what's the politically correct way to say this, it doesn't make it any more politically correct. No, but no, does... but like, what, what's what's the word for what I'm trying to convey here? They're going to be two bimbos that just, like, are the evil sorceresses, but they're also, like, sex objects for the movie. They're sex objects for the movie is probably the best way to go about it. You could also say, like, they follow, like, a Hollywood standard of beauty might be a good way to go about that make it pretty clear it's what you're very, looking for. Very plastic-looking uh, femme fatales. I'm gonna go ahead and just say that they're literally going to be like 18 year old girls. Like they went to the local college of Mexico or whatever and said, hey, who wants to get paid $200 a day to come in and wear a bikini? Yeah, like basically wear next to nothing for two weeks. Who, who's that lady that did, not not Morticia Adams, but like the, the sexy Morticia, not that Morticia wasn't sexy, uh, what a banger she was, but you, you know the one with the tall hair and um, she had a... Elvira? Elvira. Yes, I think they're going to be that. They're not going to be 18 year old girls. They're going to be basically Elvira. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I think we're doing it again, man, where we're just making a better movie than we could possibly ever watch. <laughs> Sento versus the Karate Masters and Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> Another question really quick, kind of jumping off from my last question, since you seem to think, and I agree, Sento is going to be pretty sexy. In the budget movies that we have watched, and we've watched quite a few budget movies, not only are there many sexy characters, but there's a lot more sex scenes in budget movies than like a, a large production type of film, you know, an A-lister kind of movie. Do you think this movie is going to have a lot of sex scenes in it? We've got two Elviras that you've already said is definitely going to happen. You're giving me two Elviras. We've got sexy dad bod Santo. And then all these Kung Fu Masters who are probably sexy in their own right. I don't uh, think the Kung Fu Masters are going to be part of the sex scenes. Okay, okay. But sure. but we, there's a good chance that we have two separate sex scenes and possibly a third where the sisters decide to reunite and then do Santa together. <laughs> As a team! As a... <laughs> oh no... <laughs> Poor Santo. But how's he gonna make it through a... Is this a clean 90 minutes of him fucking priestesses? I do believe the movie is, like, right at uh, 90 minutes. It's it's not Perfect. 90 minutes. It's, like, an hour and, like, 22 or something like that. They knew exactly the story they wanted to share, and they got it in there. They said, how much crap do we have to put between each sex scene? And they were like, <laughs> I know about... Uh... What, is, what is the ratio of sex scenes to other scenes that, like, brings this just barely out of porno? They are like, well, about, about 25 minutes, roughly. And they're like, okay, so that puts us at uh, an hour 15, roughly. And they're like, yeah, right around an hour 15. And they're like, okay, so we'll put 10 minutes of porno in there and uh, call it a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Santo, no. Another thing to consider here that we haven't really put a lot of uh, time into is we're kind of jumping into just whichever Santo movie we saw first, basically. We don't know if there's like a... Are we just hopping in on Iron Man 3 here? Oh, like we're, we're not getting the lore of Santo. Do you think it's going to come up like they 
encapsulated each movie as like a standalone experience or if there's like <laughs> santo returns and and revenge of santo and there, there's a whole prequel series that we're not watching and they're gonna be like hey remember that time i did this and no no santo we don't know because uh we, we thought you started off with the karate masters i don't know i think there's a good there's a good chance that could happen but i also think it's it's incredibly likely that it'll just be like each of these movies needs to be its own standalone adventure and like maybe it'll be like assumed that we know who santo is but like as far as his other adventures they won't bring those up do you think so what what i know of luchas is that like they they all have like their it's wrestling so they got to have their own backstory of this like supreme code of honor and all that stuff so they can't like feed us his backstory at the beginning of every movie especially if they have an expansive series like this yeah so i think they, they're gonna they're gonna want us to know it already going in it's santo you all know santo and then he's just gonna start flying and an eagle's gonna come off of his back and start shooting lasers out of its eyes and we're gonna be like right, right, what the right. fuck what is if happening there, is there like a santo tv series i was supposed to watch first <laughs> What is the required reading to watch Santo in the Kung Fu Masters? Right. I need some, I need some like fat nerd with huge glasses to go, well, there's a comic book series you were supposed to read before you even got to the TV show. And it's, it's going to be something that's like, it doesn't even sound like it It has to do with Santo, like the Amarillo de la Biblioteca. And it's just like, oh, okay. What does this have to do with it? Like, well, this is the origin story. You fucking idiot. Duh. You would know that if you actually gave a fuck about Santo. I'm like, no, no, we're, we're chill with Santo. We're cool. We said he was sexy. We said he was sexy. <laughs> I'm praying that he gets all the puss in this in this movie. <laughs> and and I'm sorry that I didn't know that he used to be a librarian. A yellow librarian. Uh, yeah. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even certain that Amarillo means yellow. It could be. No, that's it. Is it? Okay. I know Naranja is orange, so <laughs> you're welcome. Look, we're a culturally sensitive podcast. Do you think we're going to get any scenes where uh, Santo is not in costume? Like where he's just living normal time life? Yes, but always with the mask. Like we're we're going to like cut to him like de-stressing between fights in like a hot bath still mask. I, I also am hoping for that because one, I think it's inherently kind of silly to watch like a man like get his hair done. But then as soon as he gets out of the like the little heating thingy that goes over your head, it's just his mask. <laughs> Um, I hope they push the absurdity to like some ridiculous level, like like a back shot where it's like we see him in a towel, shirtless. You know, he's clearly just gotten out of the shower, but we don't see his head. But we see him doing the act of shaving. But he's actually he turns around and it's shaving cream all over his mask. I, I think that there there are quite a few cool jokes for this, and I'd I'd like to see as many of them in live action as possible because that's fun, right? Like let's let's do that. Yeah, why not? Actually, that's that's how serious. You know, we're we're rolling into this like this is the most ridiculous thing ever because like you look at the lineup and it does seem kind of ridiculous what if this is the most serious shit the, the problem with budget movies and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a budget movie i'm going into this thinking this is a budget film uh, yeah but it's there's eight of them so i mean i mean maybe that was the thing they were like well you know we could do one really big santo movie and like just bank on people going and seeing it and hope that like we make enough money back to make another one or we could make 10 santo movies and <laughs> they're all like not high quality or anything anything but like there's 10 that's of the them. trick 
Yeah, you can't put all your Santos in one basket. I'm just saying, if, like, the difference between, like, having a hit movie that makes, like, a ton of money is whether or not the title says Santo versus the Werewolf Man or Santo versus the Samurai, if you just pick the wrong one, you're like, yeah, let's put our eggs in the in the Wolf Man basket. And that's just, nope, you should have picked Samurai because everybody wants to see a luchador fight a Samurai. Nobody gives a fuck about werewolves. Then, like, that's heartbreaking. But if you make ten movies, you have ten shots to pick the Samurai or pick the, the right one, you know what I mean? Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> they were trying to find their samurai or whatever the thing is. Right. One thing that I keep thinking about as we're talking about this movie and like how it has like a lot of opportunities for some cool comedy, maybe even some cool like fight scenes between like Kung Fu Masters and a luchador and how that would look. Maybe they do sort of the, the wire Kung Fu and maybe he can also do wire Kung Fu and that would look different because he's a luchador. All these cool things that we have these fun ideas for. And I just wonder why a movie like uh, Nacho Libre starring like a person who we know can do good comedy doesn't have any like cool scenes like that. I'm not saying Nacho Libre isn't a funny movie, just that like, it, you know, we're, we're not, we don't have our finger on the pulse of like what this needs to be. And we're coming up with some pretty good ideas. So how come, how come the, the professionals didn't like have these same ideas? Yeah. And, and why was Nacho Libre such a tame film when like Santo exists and he goes there? Like, right. They said, Hey, we're going to do a movie about a luchador. What does he do in his in his movies? And I don't know if maybe this is the 10th movie and they made 10 and this is the last of the Santo movies that we're watching. Even this one seems pretty wild. He's fighting Kung Fu Masters. There are two priestesses. There's some sort of magic rock. What? Right. And, and all the rest of them, like, I, I feel like this is a series they could go on forever like um santo versus godzilla and, and santo versus there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff and they even made up it's like frankenstein's daughter I, d I don't know why they stopped here maybe they didn't stop here and this is just what we have access to like maybe maybe this is a foreign film and it's santo is a beloved hero to this day yeah like there's like 60 santo movies and they just came out with one last year actually and it was santo conquers the galaxy or whatever the, the fuck. son of santo <laughs> like, <laughs> like how they've got creed now now, now that fucking Sylvester Stallone is too old to be a pretend boxer, that's what it is. There's Return of Santo, and they've just CGI'd him into some shit now. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we just don't know. But out of all the titles that we've seen, there hasn't been a single Santo movie that's just like, Santo, the hero. And it's just, the description just reads, Santo protects the people. And that's yeah, it. No, it. It's all these, like, pulp fiction things here. It's, it is fan fiction made real. Like, that is, you you nailed it. But hey, we've made some cool predictions. Are there any predictions you want to make before we go ahead and get into the movie? We're kind of coming up on our time here. No, that that's pretty much it. Everything else would be like pretty obvious ones. Like there's gonna be somebody who uses like uh like a sword because he's supposed to be the the whatever in our trip to Oriental land. But Santa will never have a weapon. He's gonna he's gonna stick to his guns. But like that that's a pretty a pretty safe one to to guess. So as I'm thinking of like just quick predictions to make really quick here at the end, I'm reminded of the television television show uh shin chan if you've ever given shin chan a watch it's just about this little kid and like following his misadventures with other little kids it really right. seems like it should be a children's show but they dubbed over it in english and the english dubbing is basically just all adult humor and the little kid watches a tv show called action bastard yes uh, <laughs> we, all, we all love action bastard and it feels kind of like action bastard is sort of like santo and one of the things that's missing from the formula here that i just realized is that it doesn't mention that santo has like a sidekick i'd like to see santo have a sidekick <laughs> 
I don't know what you would call Santo's sidekick. You mentioned earlier that like Santo and the Blue Demon, maybe the Blue Demon's his sidekick and he gets him later on in the chronology of Santo movies. Right. I brought the Blue Demon up specifically because like, uh, you know, while I've got this movie, it's like, hey, you might also like, and the Blue Demon is like his own fucking thing. And also part of some of these Santo movies. So it's like, there's a whole Santo cinematic universe that we're missing out on. It is our podcast duty to bring Santo to the rest of the people. This is going to be a great movie. I can already no, feel, that, I can feel this it. This has in my to be teeth. there has to be a universe where this is this is a, a real thing because like even you go through the casting it's like Santo plays Santo himself. Of this is a this is a well-known character that we're just ignorant of entirely. I'm I'm excited for this movie. I'm hoping for a sidekick. I hope the sidekick is kind of like maybe Santo's just like real serious about everything and the sidekick's like the comic relief. That'd be a cool way to go about it, but I could also see where it's all just supposed to be funny and maybe the sidekick is just there to like maybe the sidekick's the straight man. Like Santo's just like going around having a goofy old time and the sidekick is like his accountant. <laughs> What if instead of a sidekick, uh, the the karate masters have recruited another luchador into their fold? <gasps> oh no! So there's the karate lucha man that that Santo now has to fight with only his lucha prowess. Santo comes to town and he beats up all these like kung fu masters to show that lucha is like the way. Like that's that's how we're supposed to do it out here. You know, reestablishing the power of his fighting style. And then they go and they find these priestesses and like they get them to like help summon stronger. Maybe this is the maybe this is the movie that that introduces the blue demon as a character and that's the like power of the crystal is it summons the blue demon i don't know oh god man this is so cool i'm excited as hell i'm jazzed <laughs> oh perfect okay okay well we'll call it here and we'll get right into the movie santo uh, we're gonna watch all the santo movies that's that's what it has to be <laughs> welcome to santo for yourself San santo yourself go santo yourself <laughs> Well, we watched the movie. I feel conflicted. Same, actually. Do you have like a major gripe you just want to get out of the way right right off the bat? The first thing I want to say is, I, I don't know if we mentioned this in the preamble or if that was when we were just bullshitting, but, um, uh, or we were talking about how I watched Black Adam and it's like, you know, I wonder if like we've watched any movies that like weren't trying to do anything. And, uh, this is that. Hmm. In what way? T tell me more about that. Like, uh... The, the other thing that comes to mind is that, like, this felt like it wanted to be a Scooby-Doo movie or something like that. Like, it, it wasn't... At least I didn't catch anything profound about it. And it, it definitely felt like there's some big Santo cinematic universe that I'm just not aware of. So I can go ahead and confirm for you, there is a big Santo cinematic universe... And for the record, this is the end of it. We're watching the last two Santos movies. This Are is you one shitting of, me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one of them, and there's another one that has a similar name. It's like Game of Death or something like that. Okay. And it's it's those are these are the last two, and they're considered the worst ones, or some of the worst ones. Oh, so we're, yeah, that makes sense. We're catching the bad ones, and that's that's good. I, I don't fully feel confident saying this was a bad movie. My big gripe for the film is that it feels like they were trying to get that feature length timestamp, you know, like I think in order to be considered a feature length film, it has to be like an hour and 20 minutes. And I think that they were pushing to get that time. Um, like and they're pushing to get it up to that time or down to that time? Up to that time. Like they didn't have enough content to have an hour and 20 minutes. So there's a lot of scenes that just like last a couple seconds too long, or they kind of just talk about like nothing, or they talk about stuff that literally just happened. I felt very strongly about that like in one of the like basically the last scene where um it's like listen to me listen 
He says it like five times. Yes. There's a lot of scenes where they just show the drummers and that's it. Yeah. It's just the guy playing the drums and he's not making any face or anything or trying to be dramatic in any way. He's literally just a guy slapping on some kind of a drum. Which is what, like, I'm glad that they had that explained. So it wasn't just like magic drum noises. Like, oh, that's our scouts and, and they drum to send coded messages. And it's like, that's cool. We didn't have to see that three times. Santo didn't have to choke that last one out like we didn't need that we come back to the idea of diegetic versus non-diegetic sound my favorite thing to bring up because it makes me sound like a really smart film guy it, it is a smart sounding word it's just so smart god i'm so smart <laughs> what a genius this guy <laughs> I, at first i thought wow this is cool that they're like actually showing us the character playing the sound so we know that it's it's a real sound that's happening but then some characters weren't responding to the drums at all like they weren't noting like hey can you hear those drums that's kind of weird so i'm like well maybe is it possible that this is like not in the scene like this this is music that's like supposed to nobody can hear it but the audience can hear it but they actually have a character on screen playing it that's weird and, and unique and different nope nope they're just some characters who are ignoring it they're they're willfully ignoring the sound of drums which is way out of place no no you hear drums in the jungle that's how you know you're in the jungle that's got to be it I, i'm not saying it was like poorly done or anything because I, I think you're right the point of the drums is is that they're getting they're sending messages out to people and and that's that's cool that's how they knew like it seems like they're coming near us it's not because they're magical it's because the drum people would tell them that but i don't believe there was ever a line that explicitly said we use the drummers to indicate this it's something that you kind of just have to pick up on i mean they mentioned it like in one of the last times we hear it but they they say it in a cryptic way where they're like the, listen the drums are speaking yeah like that that's the closest we get to an explanation and that's uh, that's after like really by context clues you should have picked it up because that's like the third or fourth time we've dealt with the drums and them catching information that they don't directly see i do remember that line now yeah so i guess we do have a line that sort of explains it but you're right it is kind of kind of wonky honestly i would have preferred if it was just the, the priestess is magical because there's plenty of magic in this movie sadly santo had no magic no magic why not? Why can't Santos have like a little man? Look a little magic, a little bit. Well, that's that's why I'm I'm wondering if like that's why I mentioned this felt like a Scooby Doo movie because it's like he he was just there doing his thing, which is apparently to not even be the most badass wrestler because he got his ass handed to him like several times. Yeah, so. The climax of the movie is super fucking weird, too. Okay, yeah, I I especially wanted to bring that up because that's what made me think that there's this cinematic universe I don't understand. Well, the way you brought up how Santo is not like a badass, he's just kind of there. Leading up to the climax of the film, he's having a discussion with, like, the, the mystical minister guy, and he's like, how many men do we have that can contribute to this battle we're about to have at this Star of Great Powers temple? And he's like, four. And both him and Cliff, his, like, sidekick, he had a sidekick. I called it. I called the sidekick. He, he did have a sidekick. I, I don't know what he was there for, but he was definitely like... He's the butt monkey. He's, he's yeah. the classic butt monkey sidekick. He's there to like just look really silly so that Santo can look more dignified. Which is funny because like both of them, when they're landing from the, like jumping out of the plane, Santo like stumbles and kind of falls when he lands, which I thought was cool because it makes him seem like a regular guy. And then Cliff falls and has like a goofy like, oh, I got caught up in the parachute. Ah! It's like they didn't want to do a second parachute take. So he's like, oh, no, I missed the parachute. I got to climb under it and then thrash. They clearly wanted him to look more silly than Santo. So you could be like, oh, I'll forget the Santo stumbled because this guy really fucked it up. But yeah, so so even Cliff recognizes at this point that that's not enough dudes. Like they need more guys. And they're like, well, I could get more guys, maybe even 20 guys. But that would be tomorrow. 
And he's like, no, we're going to go just us. So they're, they're setting the stakes. They're letting us know this is going to be a hard fought battle. We are about to get our shit pushed in. We don't have enough people. But with the power of Santo, the man with no face, we will fucking get through this. So I am ready for a fucking, I'm ready for Santo to just be clocking people, right? Like really just laying into them. The fight comes around. All of my hopes and dreams get like paid out immediately. There are men in gorilla suits that come out and I'm like, this is everything I wanted. <laughs> Way to go, Santo. You've met my expectations. Yes, let's have a big Santo v 10 gorillas at once fight. And the gorillas go around and start like choking people and like, you know, knocking them out and stuff. And Santo like basically just squares up with uh, Tiniablas and like eventually chokes out Tiniablas. But all the gorilla men were, they just left. They didn't get defeated. We watched them beat everybody else. Right. They straight up killed everybody else. Well, maybe didn't kill, but. Yeah, they, but, they yeah, show up at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it was an anticlimactic fight. At one point, I, I don't even think uh, Santos squared up with the other guy like immediately because I think I remember the, the other guy and a gorilla dude both choking out the fucking other guy at the same time. And so that, that was, was weird. The double choke out is reserved for the Minister of Mysticism or whatever that guy's like title or name was. He also had a gun. <laughs> yeah, that was the craziest part. Holy <laughs> shit. He had a gun. And it wasn't brought up. It wasn't like... We'll prepare. I'll give everybody guns. Then we'll have four dudes and four guns. It, he didn't even mention that he had a gun. It's just like, we're, we're going into this movie talking about the fury of the karate masters. And he just fucking pulls out a gun. Yeah, the gun was really out of place. And it didn't didn't seem to go off at all. It, it, he's literally just waving it around. And I imagine he's like acting like he's shooting people. But there's no like flash or a sound or anything associated with it. At least as far as I could tell. Did you? Yeah, did you... I, I saw somebody drop after he pointed the gun at them. And then like he was basically overwhelmed at that point. But yeah, the, the gun didn't have any like special effect payoff to let you know that that was happening. <laughs> Yeah. If I were an actor and the director is like, hey, we're not going to do any special effects for this. Just, you know, wave the gun around or even pretend like you're shooting it. But there's going to be no real indicator for the audience. I would play it up like the kickback of the gun is just outrageous for me. Right. Right. And that that way you're like, oh, he's flailing his arm up like that. Oh, it's because he's shooting. He's shooting the gun. And I don't know if maybe he tried that and they told him like, nah, just just kind of wave it around a little bit. That would be my first instinct is like, OK, if we're not going to have an effect. I need to give a visual indicator to the audience that I'm firing this revolver of mine. Speaking of like shitty kind of like weapons that were in the movie, those swords, am I right? Yeah, yeah the swords that look like they were um, silver painted cardboard. I genuinely, that was the first thing I was about to say, like not even like Dollar Tree swords. Those were like samurai cop swords put the, this movie's swords to shame. Yeah. On the topic of, like, the ending, I don't know why all of the bad things, like, culminated near the end, but, um, throughout the whole movie, they're like, it's Santo, get him! And, and you know, they tussle, they do that fucking several times throughout the movie, but at the end, it's like, and now we're gonna sacrifice the jungle lady, and, uh, Santo's like, no, I'll take that, and it's like, shit, he's got the knife, cheese it! And everybody, like, <laughs> bursts into flames and goes... <laughs> First of all, you have activated my trap card because basically from the moment that they have the jungle girl, like the moment the, the wedding procession starts, right? Akiria is like walking Prince Tagal and the jungle girl. I think her name's just jungle girl. I don't think they gave her a yeah, name. She's just supposed to be jungle girl. Okay. Uh, so from the moment she's walking them to the, the altar from that moment forward, the ending is perfect in my mind. No changes need like no notes. Yeah. As 
as always, Santo, you, you you find a way to bring me back in just as I'm stepping out. Like, I'm at the <laughs> lowest point for myself in the movie. The gorilla suit fight was not good. I'm very, very disappointed. Even, like, the last fight we get between Tiniablas and Santo, it wasn't very good. It was more of the same, you know, where, you know, they kind of just try to get the other into a headlock while also kind of pushing the other one down and then the other one kipping up and knocking the other one down. Uh, yeah, it was the same fight every time. <laughs> not, not good fight, Corey. Choreography, very bad fight choreography every time. Even if it's Santo versus, oh my god, Santo I'm, versus the the prince or whatever, the son that was supposed remember, to marry Jungle Girl. Like, do you, do you remember the prince's name? No, it's racial slur with an A at the end. I don't know oh. if this is an actual name or if this is like a Spanish word that they just choose to use as a name, but it's Chinka. Oh, that's right, it is Prince Chinka. I'm gonna stop saying that now, but <laughs> see, I think. I think even the people that were doing the voiceovers were like, no, this can't be right. It must be Chin-Ka. Yeah, let's just call him Chin-Ka. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how it's spelled or, or what, but uh, it is. it sounds just like, hey, let's just, you know, it'd be kind of funny. It's the 1980s. Uh, we don't like Asian people, so let's use a slur and then put an A on it. So it's not as, uh, we got away it's with it. It's a Spanish slur. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, the final wrap-up of, of scenes at the very, very end, I actually genuinely really liked. I liked the the way that the, the wedding looked. I liked the the costume they gave to the, the fake Prince Tagal, where it's like these like stars and it's blue and it looks really nice. And I'm like, damn, that's a, a kick-ass cut. They, they wasted a lot of their uh, budget on giving different costumes to... Uh, Grace Rennett's like two twin sister characters she plays. Yes. Uh, uh, the... <laughs> so, it's, so it's nice to get to see a dude get a nice like costume change for a change. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, because everybody was wearing the exact same shit through the whole movie except for the uh, the, very, the the largest of breasts got fucking six different bikinis. Yes, you you nailed it. Uh, this is very much a Elvira type of character or an Elvira body type, I guess. I will say that uh, out of all the actors in the film, like the actual acting being done, Grace Rennett as Kyria, and I would even argue to some extent Kung Yan, both of the twins, she kills it. Like definitely way more. Like I'm not saying she does a great job, but compared to everybody else, she's number one. She she's at least like she feels emotionally invested in her own character. Like yeah. she's she's fully there the whole time. When we got the first scene of her dancing in the yellow dress, and I'm like, oh, this is just you know gonna show off the boobas every chance we get. But she actually, like, fucking got down into her little, like, ritualistic dancing shit. I wish that there was more, like, again, it's a problem of choreography, and it's the same issue that the fight scenes have, where the dancing does have a couple of different moves to it eventually, if you watch enough of the movie. If you just watched one dance, you probably saw most of the moves that are going to get repeated. No, that's true. I mean, because really, she's just doing, like, belly dancing shit with weird hand-waving and hair-pulling, and I, I will say it was fun watching her, like... During the fight between Santo and the other guy, where she's like mid ritual or something like that, and she's like getting down and she's like, Yeah, kick his ass, kick his ass. And then like Santo gets the upper hand and she like just starts doing a two step. She's like, Oh, fuck. Most villains, they would see like their henchman or whatever getting his ass kicked and just be like, Wait, other henchmen I have. Wait until he's completely defeated and then you can go in one at a time. You stay behind the yellow line. <laughs> like, right. And instead, she's like, Uh, 
All right, gorilla dude. Uh, get him, get him, and, and make sure he doesn't kill my other guy. Yeah, I didn't understand. Was that guy supposed to be a gorilla dude, or was I it? Don't, like... I didn't understand. I almost like when I finished the movie, went back and fucking. I I need to go back and rewatch what the fuck happened because she's like, ah, yes, we'll do a magic spell, and I'll have a patchy hairy gorilla man. Okay. <laughs> Because originally I thought it was just like like maybe rotting flesh, like he's like a zombie or something. But then it became right. clear it was hair, and I was like, well, maybe it's like a leopard or a you know, because they have spots. So like maybe something is this like, like that. the return of the werewolf man from previous iterations of the series? Or yeah, this was definitely not the appropriate jumping on point. We'll have to do more research to find the first Santo movie before we pick another Santo movie. Right, because oh. they already they already know Santo. They're like, yes, we came back from our trip to space, which I mean implies that there's a Santo in space, fucking. Movie movie that we are we missed they already jumped the shark and everything after that's just gonna be trash yeah um but they're like yeah he he ruined us we're gonna kill him all right <laughs> i i did i did not love those lines where she's like he's the reason we've been defeated and then the other guy's like yes he is the reason we've been defeated and i'm like can you give me something other than that please <laughs> fucking hell i agree my lady <laughs> okay hey, thanks for your input <laughs> that is the most egregious part of the film for me is the the parts that are clearly just like yeah and like agree with her but you know don't waste a ton of time on it and like just just say yes i guess i don't know come on man there's plenty of scenes where we waste time can we have like one scene where somebody's like yes i remember when santo was standing on top of jupiter the size of 10 planets himself and i had to throw myself into him i attempted a haymaker like i would i would listen to a man explain that for many minutes Many, right. many, many minutes. Uh, yeah, especially compared to God. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up again because it, it just bothered me how at the end they're like, "Listen to me, hear me. Are you listening yet?" And it's like, <laughs> oh, "Fucking come on!" By the way, uh, fucking speaking of that was the oracle speaking, which is apparently just a magic mirror on the wall. And I love how they're like. They they cure Santo of his of his fucking hypnotism by I don't know magic music that didn't come from anywhere in particular. Nobody knew what was happening. They're like, hey, he passed out. Quick, get him. I thought that it was just Chinka had given him enough of a good fight that it wore him down, and the music was to imply that something has changed now without having to like let us know. Oh, hey, hey, everyone, I'm done with my hypnosis now. To that effect, it, it worked. But I love how after that they're like, I'm gonna go back in there and pretend that I'm still hypnotized. And the immediate, like, not even a good transition scene is like, Magic Mirror, what's up? And he's like, he's not hypnotized anymore. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get to, like, stew on that for any time. Or even have him, like, try to sneak in and everything. And, and it seems like he also knew that they knew the jig was up. Because he didn't try to, like, convince them, no, I am still hypnotized uh, and under your control, mistress. Ha 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 ha. And they're like, no, we, we know. And he's like, oh, fuck, you know. Th that didn't happen. <laughs> it was like the only payoff for that was that like um, when they went to go rescue the fucking researcher's daughter and it's like nobody told the guy guarding that cage that he wasn't hypnotized. Like they forgot just him. Oh, I imagine they don't tell anyone. So we didn't have any Kung Fu masters other than I guess like Chinka. Was it was Chinka the Kung Fu master? I guess so. But that it, the title did imply that it was plural. And I totally thought that this was going to be like a Shaolin temple kind of thing. But they're like, 
no, we just, we're in charge of the rock. Yeah, so that was confusing. The, like, henchmen characters, the ones with just, like, they have, like, a sash over their head, like the purple sash or whatever. And the good guys also had henchmen like that, but they had a yellow sash. I'm sure there's a movie explaining the significance of the different colored sashes. If there's not, I'm willing to just give it some where it's like, ah, oh, man, I was going to use the yellow sashes, but now the good guys have yellow sashes. Alright, well, I, I gotta be able to tell them apart. I can't just, like, know their name and socialize with them. They're henchmen. Give them a different color. It does a serviceable job, and it's a cheap and effective solution to, like, well, how do we let everybody know that these are the good guys and those are the bad guys without having to buy a whole fucking uniform, right? We right. can't just G.I. Joe versus Cobra this bitch. We have to keep it cheap. Yeah, you just take a little bandana, and one's red and one's blue, or whatever you want to do with it. Earth versus skins, whatever. Yeah. There are so many, like, individual scenes that are, like, interesting and fun. On the note of the, the ending of it, because I, I do want to get to explaining all the great things of the ending of the film. Not just that, like, one wardrobe choice. When they're like, hey, how much time do we have left in the movie? Less than two minutes. All right, well, the bad guys just uh, explode on fire and disappear. <laughs> Right, and it's like, first, it was the same fire effect, but it's like, their, their fucking magic homunculus prince man is just like, ah, it hurts! Ah, poof! And he's gone. And the other one's like, Oh, fuck me, cheese it, and does a magic spell, but it's the same fire effect, and she's gone. Yeah, I do think using the same fire effect twice like that implies that they both did the same thing, but because one is very clearly implying that the guy caught fire and died, and the other one is done in such a way where it looks like she vanishes, it's weird that they chose to use the exact same effect. But I did like it, just in general, those facts aside, I did like it. I laughed, I thought it was funny, I thought it was cute. Uh, the effect is very cheap. They basically just held a little fire and like closer to the camera than the actor was. So it yeah. seemed like they were being engulfed in flame, even though they're not. And it was done well enough that it didn't look terrible. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with the effect. It was just, it felt like a very abrupt end to everything. Like the whole thing was just kind of fucking Santo grabs the knife and everyone's like, they run away. <laughs> Most of the fucking like backup dancers, they're just screaming and running away. And, and this, the screaming was a little bit too much for me. They started screaming and running and I'm like, I guess they're, they're already terrified of Santo unarmed. So Santo with a knife, and they're just like, oh, fuck. I, <laughs> Santo, I guess Santo, so. Santo with a knife is the most terrifying thing they can imagine. I don't know, their, their reaction reminded me of, like, fucking, like, an underage drinking party and the cops show up, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> That is exactly what it is, yes. But the, the best part of the ending for me is definitely when the Oracle finally gets everyone's attention and explains, like, what has to happen now, and he's like, yeah, the Jungle Girl was an embodiment of goodness and love, and she's been betrayed now, so her mission is now cut short, and she's going to leave you. Wow. I never expected that to be the ending. I genuinely thought that we would just do a quick transition and it would show the normal wedding and right. that would be the happily ever after. But like, Santo loses in this movie. Not a complete loss, like he still triumphantly protects the girl and everything from dying. Ultimately, like, he came away with less than he started with. And I genuinely, in my mind, I'm like, that's a very courageous ending. Like, it definitely felt like it carried more weight than most of the movie did. Because most of the... Most of the movie were just like, oh, the blonde chick's getting married, and that's important because that's the plot of the movie. And then we have that whole little intermission where it's like, I remember it just like it was yesterday, and then we find the fucking blonde baby with dogs, the, the most adorable dogs, and they're like vicious beast wolves. And it's like, no, they're not. But, but okay. I would have liked uh, to see some more acting where they, they act like they're vicious beast wolves. Like they're like they're like, go over there and get that baby away from those those scary animals. And they're like, hell no, that those animals will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's like, oh look at that baby with all of our 
pet bugs. <laughs> it's like <laughs> vicious animals. Um, and they just pick her up, and it's like that. That was kind of fun. And like now we understand that there's like some importance to the fucking blonde girl, and it's not just like blonde girl exists and also star thing exists as separate entities. Like the whole the whole thing had its importance, and like. The ending carried some good weight, and I, I agree. That's probably, like, my favorite part of the movie is the fact that they had a story to tell there. This is something we haven't done on the podcast before, but I think this movie, like, probably warrants it. The blurb is so lackluster in this, right? Also, um, like, inaccurate? Yes. So, just to reiterate, the blurb reads, An evil priestess and her twin sister battle for control of a powerful crystal. My question to you is, how would you rewrite this to be a better blurb and more accurate? Because uh, they're not even, first off, they're not even even writing about they're not fighting about the crystal and the fact that it's an evil priestess i i would want to specify that like the other sister is fucking on the other side of the conflict somehow the other side morally on the conflict other as you know because i went into this thing and like oh two evil sisters fighting over a fucking magic stone i probably wouldn't even mention the fucking twin sisters like i'd let that be explored in the movie and just say like you know the forces of good and evil fight over the uh godly embodiment of peace and love or some shit like that i i would bring up Santo immediately. I mean, Santo's our main character. He's the person we're supposed to be coming here to see anyways. I would say Santo visits a friend's wedding while an evil priestess tries to break up the ceremonies. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That covers, like, the, the big parts of the film. So for the record, this movie is filmed in Florida. They kind of mention it in the uh, opening credits where they, like, thanks to the Florida people. The film is, is filmed in Florida. Thank heavens, because without that information, the alligators would be completely out of place in this movie <laughs> you remember the two two or three scenes we got with just like alligators going into the water yeah no i i saw that like there was just some weird wildlife shots that looked like they were taken at a zoo frankly they, they had like five or six tropical birds all like bunched together in one scene and then we had another scene with like three or four monkeys and it's like all right yep we're we're in a jungle mm -hmm. yes this is the jungle as we all know the jungle <laughs> not known for its three monkeys in any given jungle <laughs> yeah so the crocodiles and the flamingos and the, and the little monkeys and the occasional tropical bird were about as far as the wildlife went in a movie that's like in dense jungle <laughs> I it's think really that, a shame that we fucking popped it on the bad ones. It's wild that this is the bad one and not... Because this one felt like the most original title, as opposed to fucking Santo versus Dracula. Right. You know what I mean? <sighs> like, I can't believe this is where the shark got jumped and not that one. And not fucking Santo versus the Mummy's Curse. I just, in my mind, as I'm thinking about Santo as like an idea of like, you know, there's going to be a luchador. He's the hero of the people and he's out here doing what's right and fighting for... That was something that didn't get brought up was that like Santo is an honorable person, question mark. But we only know that because we're assuming so because he's the good guy he doesn't actually do anything where it's like maybe cliff pulls out a gun on somebody and santo's like no we don't do that or something he let the other guy pull a gun on people They're like yeah kill the monkeys <laughs> oh no oh no which like we have to question now like as people living in 2022 is that supposed to be racially charged to be gorillas <laughs> Was, was oh this, god was this supposed to be like like a racist thing or was is is chinka a normal name i don't know <laughs> Pinka, shoot the monkeys. Yep, the whole <laughs> that whole idea right now is uh, probably exactly why this is not more popular. Mm, did we just stumble on like a horrifyingly racist thing that everybody like let die because it was horrifyingly racist? <laughs> oh, Tubi doesn't even know. They're like, yeah, there's like eight or nine movies. That must be really good. You want to watch them to see? No, nah, no, nah, I'm sure they're great. <laughs> 
they made eight or nine of them. They gotta be good. Yeah, they gotta be good. Oh no. And I'm I'm genuinely upset that this movie didn't have karate masters. I wouldn't even need many. It could have been two guys or two girls even. Hell, I don't care. Guy and a girl. Right. The, the priestesses could have fucking like duped it out. You know, we we wanted to see that. How much did you want to see them tussle? And fucking they didn't in the whole movie. Well, keep in mind it is the same actress. Is it the same actress? It is one lady. Oh, for shame. Yeah, Grace Rennett. As far as her acting ability goes, I'm sure she'd do a great job. Even just yeah. wrestling with herself. With, yeah. Without a second body to pretend to be the other twin if she was just wrestling with herself, I'd probably believe it. I'd be like, damn, these spirits or whatever really should fucking shit up in that lady's body or something. I don't fucking know what's going on. Oh, God. But yeah, we didn't get any karate masters. All we got was like fucking people who couldn't carry their overly fake swords. Like the, the first guy that had like a stocking over his face for no reason. I thought he was one of the karate masters. Yeah, I, that, I thought that's what he was. But it's like he was dressed differently than like most of the rest of the movie. And yeah, like I don't know where he came from. That The fight scene came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he looked very unique. I imagine he was supposed to be guarding the compound that Tiniables was like breaking into. Ah, uh, that makes sense. But that was explained very well. No, no, it was not explained. You just kind of have to be like, what's Tiniables doing? The thing with, like, stealing the... They stole those artifacts from the wedding, like, the, the three... The potion of infinite love, which I imagine is just alcohol. Is that just alcohol? Yeah, I guess so. And it'll never run out. It's like, oh, sweet. I'll take yeah. that. That's just wine or something? Is that what that is? And then, like, the herbs that, like, keep you healthy. Weed? Is that is that pot? Is that what that is? Yeah, clearly. Uh, pot and blueberries? <laughs> and then a bunch of dollar store pearls. Like, oh, this is that. These are the only gems my family has accumulated over many years. And it's like, buddy, I got one of those from a gumball machine. Yeah, your, your girl is living in, like, an ancient temple. Like, they've got money. They're good. Unless they're just squatting here. Right. But that, that feels unlikely, considering Kung Yan has, like, 19 different very very expensive dresses um, we, but yeah they fucking <laughs> they, they run in and steal it and they bring it back and they're like now that we've got these we can do the ritual that uh i don't know creates the monkey man it feels like the only thing they needed for that was the stone because we kept coming back to the stone right so i don't i don't know what that whole heist was about by the way, at the heist where the distraction is to fucking, they're like, the stables are on fire and everybody runs outside and Santo's like, we're not going to find them there. The other way. Uh, why? I think why that's I, I think that's generally smart. My favorite part about that scene is when they're like, I can't believe they would do this to the stables, but at least all the horses are safe. And I'm like, oh, thank you for putting that line in the movie. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> I did appreciate that. We didn't fucking have horse arson in the movie just to start off with. <laughs> yes, thank you for thank you for clarifying. No animals were harmed in this horrifying act that could have very easily they, killed they, a lot of horses. And by the way, the movie where we see no horses, they're like, no, the horses are safe. Quick, walk the one horse across the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how that's happening, and all the guys with the yellow bandanas are running around with like buckets, throwing buckets on the fire, and those two dudes are just standing in the in the background, like, wow, that's it's crazy. This happened, right? Yeah, like, and we keep cutting back to it. Santos over here, like kicking this other guy's ass or getting his ass kicked. Like it's really hard to say. And it's like punch, 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 and they're like, man, that shit was crazy. Cut back, punch, punch, punch. Yeah, I can't even believe it's happening now. <laughs> But, like, why aren't they grabbing buckets and helping? <laughs> what the fuck? And that happens, like, repeatedly throughout the movie. It'll happen where, like, somebody is in some sort of danger or some sort of dangerous thing is happening, and people are just watching it go down. Like, somebody is just, like, being a voyeur, and, like, like Cliff does it at one point. And I'm like, Cliff, after Santo gets, like, hit in the back of the head, you get over there and help him. But not before. Right, if anything, he's watching from the side, and he's doing the little fucking, like, man, I wish I was in there. I'd give him the old one-two. And it's like, 
Cool, cool. You could you could do that whenever you'd like. Get over go over there and help your boy out. Fuck. I also liked how the the guy with like the uh the first sword fight guy he gets beaten by getting hugged too hard. <laughs> Yes. Oh, God. I wonder if this is just, like, a generational gap in wrestling or something like that, where, like, nowadays it's either, like, very acrobatic or at least, like, semi-believable. And that one, it was just like, oh, he's got my hand. I guess I'll flip myself and fuck. Oh, he's got me in a giant bear hug. Oh, and he's lifting me. And I'm like, cool. And now you're going to throw him on the ground, right? It's like, nope, I just want want this hug to last a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Also, were, were Kyria and uh, Tiniables dating? or Because there were times when, like, she is very clearly giving him come-fuck-me eyes. And then there are times when, like, they just seem entirely indifferent to each other and she's his boss and telling him to go do shit. Right. The, the whole time it's like, my lady and my lady. And fucking then she does the dance and it's like, I'm dancing for the crystal. And also Tiniables. And, uh, but mostly the crystal. I don't know if they're, like, supposed to be the power couple. Like, a la fucking, uh, who's the witchy lady from that Power Rangers series? <laughs> oh, um, Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Lord I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if this was like those kind of vibes, uh, where it's fucking Repulsa Lord Zed vibes, or if this is actually just like, no, he's my luchador henchman, my head henchman. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but I did, uh, I'm glad you brought up Power Rangers, because I I thought Teeny Abelis's, like, mask kind of looked like a Power Rangers mask. I definitely got that. And then, like, the weird, uh, cat eyes on his chest or something like that, like, it, I don't know. It was a very luchador outfit, I think. It felt pretty, pretty on point. Yeah, I, I, I I will say I liked his luchador outfit more than I liked Santos. Santos is just like kind of dirty looking mask and kind of dirty looking pants, no shirt. I liked the no shirt and then a cape. Didn't love the cape. I thought it was kind of funny at first, but then seeing how much he's like wrestling around on the ground, I'm like, that cape is fucking filthy by the end of this movie, right? (laughs) Uh, I also didn't like the design of the cape, like with the weird two silver streaks or something like that, that made it look like he was wearing a second cape. I don't know. That's nitpicky, but whatever. I, 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 I thought it was weird that there was like there's three names for this guy like his sidekick calls him santo uh everybody else calls him the man with no face when we start the movie it's the man in the silver mask yeah so yeah they 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 jumped around on names for him i kept expecting them like to reference the blue demon or for the blue demon to come up or maybe even for them to be like santo is the blue demon now maybe he defeats the blue demon in one and he earns that title i don't know but it never gets brought up and it made me kind of sad i was like where's our blue demon man he's not in the title or in the blurb or nothing but i don't know i guess but, but he shows up in like he has his own series and he shows up as santo in the blue demon versus fucking i think i said dr octopus but whatever i don't know which one they're in but uh, for yeah for them to be fighting you know the evil priestess the, the evil cult people and you know to save the god of love and to not have you know fucking a sidekick that's worth half a shit but i i love how point the sidekick was actually mm-hmm. like even when they're like carry this man very gently and he's like i've got your left foot santo don't you worry i'll take care of it yeah cliff cliff is the quintessential butt monkey he's more useful than most butt monkeys he actually does defeat a guy for santo he gets that one guy off of him when santo was like briefly knocked out so that's that's legitimate that's not nothing i i don't understand why they had to fucking blow dart that guy by the way they had the fourth the foresight to think like <clears throat> Like, well, we can't have them capture one of our henchmen and then get information out of him as if that's something they're actually thinking they would do. Like, does Santo's group of people have a history of torturing people for information? But aside from that, if, if their mission is to... Maybe that maybe Santos is magical in that 
Like, why didn't they blow dart him? And they're like, oh, he can't, he can't die to poison. Because that was the plan, right? They're like, we're gonna kill Santo. It seems less like the plan is to kill Santo, and more like the plan is to, like, humiliate him and then kill him. Which is weird, considering how much difficulty Santo gives them in general. And how, like, helpless they are to defeat a threat on the level of Santo, which they have in Tiniables. When Santo shows up to get the blonde lady, he just cold cocks everybody. It's not even a fight. It's just him going, punch in the nose, punch in the nose again, punch in the nose, and then grabbing her and leaving. That's it. Chinka was the only one who, like, actually gave some sort of a fight. And then the mystical minister had a gun. So those are the two things they have to contend with if they just get rid of Santo. <laughs> it's crazy that the bad guys don't use a gun, but the good guys do. Yeah! I don't know why the gun, like, sticks out so clear to me. Like, at so in the first time where he's, like, waving it around and somebody drops down, I'm like, that wasn't a gun. There's no fucking way that was a gun. He's obviously got, like, some sort of brass knuckle. And then we zoom up and it's like, get him, he's got a gun. And I'm like, he actually had a fucking gun. What? Yeah. And not a not a single reference to Bruce Lee. And then we had, you know, people, the, the prince and his emissaries from India, question mark? By the way, and the hair on that man's chest. Oh, by like, God. Like, hilariously overdone. Definitely glued on. He and, and also his sword. Like, I don't even think they bothered to, like, make a cardboard handle for it. They're just like, no, 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 just, just hand fist this thing because we're just going to give you, like, a vaguely scimitar sword and we can't make a handle for it. Yeah, the handle's made out of noodles, but the, <laughs> like, we, for some reason we put all of the budget we had into making the scimitar stand out and look different and interesting, but the, there's no handle for it. So just like, I don't know, we're going to make it out of... Uh, whatever you can find in your pocket right now. He's yeah. like, oh, I don't know. I've got, like, a couple pieces of string, and they're like, perfect. There you go. It's fine, because uh, Tidiabolus is gonna fucking rip it out of your hand right away. But it looks good, like, way better than the other swords. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's, like, those were the two props they actually put money into, where, like, yeah, uh, we're gonna use, for, the, for this one guy's sword, we're gonna use an actual, like, blade from a real weapon that we've just dulled down uh it doesn't have anything else to it it's just this really good looking blade um we spent some money on that and then this gun actually looks like a revolver so we'll spend some money on that and then everything else uh the magical stone will just be whatever nightlight you're using for your kid right now does anybody have a nightlight for their child today oh you, you do okay go get it from her room and bring it into into work tomorrow and we'll just use that as the mystical stone that they're deriving power from It'll be cool. I was really confused at the beginning of the movie just because like I'm watching the credits and then it's like we start getting the, the prologue kind of while the credits are still rolling. And they're showing us a scene from later on in the movie. I did not expect that. I thought like I was like, oh, well, maybe this is like a scene from the previous film, right? We had an idea that this would probably be somewhere in the chronology. This probably isn't the first one. Right. So maybe this is a scene from the previous film to kind of like remind us like, hey, remember the one we made last year? This is a scene from it to remind you while we play the credits and kind of give you the lead. Which would have been promo. nice because really like I, I know that we're, we weren't going to get the, the whole backstory of who Santos was. But the fact that we roll into this one and they're like, yeah, remember how Santos defeated us? Oh, I hated that. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I couldn't tell if like the, the mystical minister and Kung Yan are like together or if he's her dad or his brother. I, I don't know. Yeah, I... 
I have no idea what their like relation was. It kind of felt like that that was his wife or something like that, because like I don't know, he was grabbing on her a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know. It, it also kind of felt like there was something between Santo and Kung Yan, but like maybe I'm just putting that on it because he's the main character and she's like like, like the, the sex piece. Yeah, the objectified woman who's not evil. I don't know. If I'm being critical of the film, it didn't seem like they were trying to sexualize Santo. Uh, the only character who really got sexualized was Kyria. And I guess you could argue Kung Yan as well, but a lot more Kyria. Uh, Kung Yan is like, that's just how she dresses, man. Like, she's not being sexy or nothing. She's just walking around like that. Those are her clothes of choice. In my mind, I'm watching it and I'm thinking like, it would be nice if like, to help differentiate them, Kung Yan had like a completely different wardrobe from Kyria. It's basically the same clothes, just like one of them wears white and the other one wears black, but sometimes one of them will wear green and the other one will wear yellow and it's like, I don't know, at this point it's really hard to differentiate them. The fucking context was not entirely there the whole time and I don't know if that was supposed to be so that way we could lead up to the, the place change that she did where it's like I'll just put her to sleep and then I'll I'll pretend to be her and nobody will know and it's like, yeah man, fuck even the audience barely knows. I was expecting for when she said that for uh, the good guys to be like, just so you guys know, she's planning to do what she just said she's planning to do, but we know about it for no reason. <laughs> that that would have been great. Like, I don't know why this Oracle thing wasn't fucking explored more, because, like, at first it's like, oh, the bad guys have an Oracle beer that tells them that Santo's not hypnotized anymore. But then we get to the end and it's like, hey, good guys, it's me, the Oracle. Are you listening? And it's like, and they knew about it. So they're like, oh, it's the Oracle. And it's like, so this Oracle just fucking plays both sides of the field, I guess. Maybe, God, man, maybe we're not putting enough respect on Santo. Maybe each movie literally ends on one of those notes where it's like, damn, it really seems like the good guys lost something like important in this one. And maybe in the last movie, the thing they lost was like consistent access to the Oracle. So now the bad guys are constantly getting in, in touch with the Oracle. Maybe that's what the, the bad guys won in the last one. They actually won. They didn't just make the good guys lose. They, they what, actually... what if the Santos cinematic universe is actually genius and it's just like the fucking constant struggle against the losing world? I, th I think that the ending for this one is actually genius. Like the aspect of it that's the good guys lost, but the bad guys didn't win. So at least like that's good. I, I like that part of it. I think that's really, really smart and really good and interesting. And it makes me want to watch the next Santo movie, but the rest of the movie is... It's fumbling its way to get there. Yeah, it does feel like there's a lot of scenes that are kind of just wasteful. The the Americans that show up, or I, I'm saying Americans, the Westerners, they get called. Why the fuck are they here? Is that setting up for the next movie? Or is that like something that came from the movie before this one? But it really feels like there's no point in having them there. I'm not even 100% sure what, what's going on there. Because like they wanted to play with like, oh, the Westerners just want gold. And they're like, nope, we're not here for gold. And it's like, mm, okay, bye. And then they're like, we're, we're looking for magnetism. And he's like, magnetism? Magnetism? Yes, magnetism. <laughs> that fucking scene. I um, liked how that scene opened up with like the black guy like in the in the woods looking at them and the old white man being like, oh no, no, come on out. We're actually here. We're friendly and everything. And I'm like, oh God, he's going to trick him. He's got to like, that's what white people do. They just go, we're friendly. Don't worry. And then I pulled out my gun <laughs> and, and it didn't happen. He was, he was genuinely trying to be nice to this like complete stranger and inviting him over. And oh, oh yeah, no. I thought they were there to look for the fucking the magic stone. I, I don't, I don't know why they were looking for the magic stone or or what significance that had but yeah they pretty much just existed by the way how nice that we didn't like super sexualize the blonde one yeah so both of the blonde characters in this movie don't really get sexualized hardly at all i liked that a lot i wish that um a character other than chinka had chinka's fight scenes like i wish that chinka just doesn't do 
anything in the movie other than being a loving husband or a loving fiance. Consistently, it's a thing in mildly racist uh, depictions of Asian characters to just have them be good at fighting for basically no reason. Like, there's no reason that his character has to be good at that. Unless, of course, he's like, there's been other movies with Chinka in it, and Chinka is always fighting people, and maybe in this one, they're like, wow, Chinka, you've really come a long way from those days long ago when we first met, and you were a violent criminal that I had to stop and turn to the ways of good. I mean, the, the fight scenes were hardly acrobatic. I mean, it, it would have been nice if we had the old man fucking do anything except be a poor old man. Like, why wasn't he part of the fucking raid on the temple? Yeah, it, it would have been cool to have Cliff, like, actually have some fight scenes but i get it he's the butt monkey he's doing what he's no, supposed not, to be not doing not cliff the, the researcher dude oh yeah he, he could have done that i don't see why not like, without the context of the other santo movies it's hard to say like where everybody fits in and what their character is i don't know man movie feels like it's just like on the border of me being like it's racist as fuck it's like right on the cusp <laughs> there's a couple of them that are like there's a couple of scenes where that really is what it is and then like there's a whole bunch of scenes where it's like man i, I don't need to see this again like santo falling over and then kicking the other guy over and then the other mm -hmm. guy kicks Santo over. And I don't need to see that three times every few minutes in the movie. How many minutes do you think we got of Kyria dancing? Oh god, there's like a full ten minutes of dancing. Yeah, it's it's gotta be more than ten minutes. Like it's 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 so much. It is. You know, you're you're probably right. It is probably more than that. Because it, it's even in scenes where like like it doesn't need to be there. Where they're like, I'm gonna do my help uh, Titty Elvis fucking take take down Santo dance. I'm gonna do that dance and it's gonna help. We we cut between them like so many times in that five or seven minute fight scene. There's a part of me that's like, well, I, I hope that it's just the director being shitty and saying like, no, dance, that's what the people want to see. And it's not like the actress being like, okay, well, I can do whatever I want. The director's like, yeah, whatever you want to indicate that you're casting a spell or to indicate that you're happy or to, because she dances for like the whole gambit of reasons. Like any yeah. reason you can think of to dance, she's dancing for that reason. Oh, I have dinner this evening. I get to eat, time to dance. <laughs> oh, wow. Like it could be any any like minor thing that comes up. I did up, think it was really dead. weird that like the, the opening scene is like, yes, we're back from space. I hate Sando for defeating us, but I'd like to share my joy with you all. And she just like pirouettes for fucking the whole opening scene. Yeah, in my mind, that was a good character. Like I was like, she's a good guy because she's like dancing and stuff, right? And she specifically says, I want to share my, my joy with you all. And, and she's wearing bright yellow. And it's like, ah, this is, and what a lovely, like, gentle dance. And she's basically just spinning over and over again. That's like a, a joyous kind of dance maneuver. It, it looks good. And then you find out it's a cult. A cult where there's this old man who's in power, but like, not in power. I'm glad that the old man didn't get any lines. Like the old cult dude who's just like making announcements, I guess. He's like the announcer. Yeah, um, that's basically what he was because like all the orders seem to be coming from um Kyria. And he's just like, Yes, yes, the stars are aligning. And she's like, Good, good. And and Tidiopolis is like, also good. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think I'd like it more if it was just like a ragtag team of Tiniablis and Kyria and no one else. Well, because it's like everybody else that's there, it's like they're not even like putting any effort into the dance. They're not choreographed. It's like they got a bunch of fucking women from the set design team and they're like, here, put this shawl over your face. And uh, do a little two-step or something like that. Yeah, raise your uh, hands to the sky and, and make some noise. It doesn't really matter what you say. Just kind of do it in unison. Yeah, and Boobs McGee is going to fucking dance between you all. Yeah, no one's paying attention to you guys, trust me. You're basically <laughs> invisible. All in all, though, it's, it's hard not to like the movie. <laughs> 
It's it's not like an unenjoyable movie. It was a fun movie. I, I fucking I I wanted to start off this fucking uh, this outro being like, okay, tell me what's smart. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I, I knew there wasn't anything. Well, no, until... I, I, I liked the ending. If, if you were to put me on the spot and say, what is the smart part about this movie? I'd say, well, the ending's really brave in a way. Like, a lot of movies wouldn't, you know, especially in a, in a big franchise like this, they wouldn't, like, allow a movie to end on such a somber note. Yeah, no, that's fair. I love how we didn't fucking, we didn't get any explanation about how that was a win either. It's like, she goes off into the forest, you know, they're sitting there and shaking their heads sadly, and then the oracle comes in and says, the end. Yeah. The end. <laughs> and there's and no uplifting music. Ever after. Yeah, yeah. It's just the end. There's no like crescendo of like da 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 da. It's just the end. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> you happy? Good. Get out. <laughs> Fuck you, audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1982. Homes are cheap. Go buy them. We're <laughs> 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 wasting your time in the movie theater. We gave you an extra 10 minutes of your life back. This movie's not even an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, use, right? Use it wisely. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch some Santo movies and see, like, what what the peak of this series was. Like, what endeared this to people so much that they just fucking kept going. I also need to watch the one that comes after this to see how Santo fucking ends, I guess. I think it literally is going to end on, we're going to make another Santo movie, don't you worry. And then they just never did. <laughs> and, like... Man, shit. You know what? You know what this means. Are, are we gonna fucking reawaken the Santos chronology? We need to make Santo movies in our backyard. All right, that's it. I mean, and it's how hard? How hard could it be? Like, that's the best thing about fucking one having fucking a movie that gets dubbed over in English, and two having a main character that wears a fucking suit. We can have anybody do that. We can just stuff anybody in silver pants and fucking and Santo appears. I'm not gonna say that you might be the perfect Santo, but. <laughs> I'm just saying you're you're in the top five right now. <laughs> you're already in the top five. Beautiful. And so am I. <laughs> We're both in the top five for Santo. That's great. We'll just take turns and, and we'll see which scenes people like. Would it be bad for the other one of us to be Chinka? Or is that, that too much? I think it loses it if you call the white guy Chinka. I think that makes it better. Because at that's least it. now, yeah, at least now we're not calling it Asian. Asian. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just, no, that's just a prestigious title. And like, oh, okay, well, I've never heard of it. And I, I know Spanish fluently. Like, oh yeah, it, it only means something in our crazy mixed up world. Uh, yeah. You know, don't, don't read too much into it. And the bar's already so low. Like we can go to like Dollar General and like buy all the props we need. on. And there'll be of... better props like just yeah. there. Just with like the advancement of 40 years worth of like injection molding. We're good to go, man. I think we could. I think we could actually do this. What do you? Uh, what do you want our Santo movie to be? What's the title? Oh God, uh, Santo. It's gonna be Santo versus. Uh, Santo versus. Mm, what's in the public domain? Santo versus Winnie the Pooh. That's a solid one. I like that. I'm gonna suggest this, and I don't. You can take it or leave it. Santo versus an ant the size of a Doberman. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We can actually get a Doberman in a little fucking stuffed ant costume. And it, it, it'll fit with the, the whole franchise. Also, and if you don't love this, again, just, just go ahead and pretend I didn't say it. We could just shorten this title to Santo versus Doberman. This is perfect. Doberman is clearly a hyper-intelligent Doberman ant, right? 
Absolutely. Uh, like, we're going to have somebody voice over lines where it's like, I'll get you next time, Santo. And then that, that flame effect and, and Doberman disappears. I want there to be a scene where, like, Doberman defeats Santo, but Santo's able to get away very briefly. And so he's, like, strategizing on how to beat him. And maybe Cliff is like, or me, me as Cliff, is like, Santo, how are you going to defeat the Doberman? He's so strong. He's he's got he's ten times stronger than his size. Just always throw that factoid out every chance we get. <laughs> <laughs> and Santo will say, you you will say, one thing I have that the Doberman does not have is I have the intelligence of a man, and the Doberman does not. And then immediate transition to a scene of the Doberman talking directly to the camera, just saying, actually, I'm just as smart as a man. And then cut right back to <laughs> oh, the Oracle has to say that, actually. <laughs> 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 Santo thinks he's so much smarter than you. Ah, well, he'll find out. Actually, I have his SAT scores and my SAT scores right here. <laughs> Santo's kind of a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's why he got into wrestling. You fool! <laughs> he doesn't understand how to use a comma. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> One thing we haven't talked about yet is that this movie is not a comedy at all. We're kind of playing it up like it is, but they yeah, are th taking this, this. This is fully serious. This is, I, I know I said that it was like it wanted to be a Scooby-Doo movie. It probably would have been like more entertaining or, or more funny as a Scooby-Doo movie. But this is, Santo is apparently a beloved hero of Mexico and fucking like the the story tried to be so serious I, I don't know what the restriction was that caused it to become what it is I don't know either but we are coming up on time and I already used my sick Doberman line so all my good dialogues wasted no that's perfect I can't top that do you have anything that you just we didn't really say it out loud you just want to say it out loud now before we uh, segue out I think everything about it is pretty great I, I really had fun with this movie, and I think it's it's a great movie if you don't, like, want to think too hard about anything. The, the shit that you have to think really hard about is shit that they just didn't explain well, or didn't explain at all. There's no underlying themes that I think have to be dissected here. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, like, this is how people, when they talk about movies like... Uh like Frank or movies like Eraserhead or whatever. And they tell me like, oh, I, I don't think it was about anything. It was just about what was the point of that movie? You know, what I think when someone describes a movie that way is this movie. It wasn't really about anything. It was just when, when movies don't make sense. It means that like, there's something here that I can't understand. This movie did not give me that vibe. It gave me, uh, oh, everything is right there. It's laid all out for you. You don't have to go home and like digest it. It's pre-chewed movie. That is exact. That's probably the best description of it. It is a pre-chewed film. One thing I, I I meant to bring up that I didn't get to bring up is that Kiria and Kung Yan. There is a pretty easy way to tell them apart, and like one, their hair is different. One of them has shorter hair. One of them has longer. The actress playing Kiria and Kung Yan, uh, Grace Renat, she does a really good job of making Kiria look pissed the fuck off, like all the time. She looks mad. She looks like like she's thinking evil thoughts on her face. Like her face looks that way. Yeah, I agree. Whereas Kung Yan is like, her face just looks like she's thinking about puppies. Like, she's just like... It's very soft and, like, almost apathetic. She, her face looks like whatever the fuck you were saying, she wasn't paying attention to because she was thinking about how nice flowers smell or, like, the sky is very blue today. Like, she's just I'm thinking... I'm gonna go home and take a nice hot bath. Yeah, like, she is, she is working for the weekend on the weekend, too. Like, just all the time, she's like, I can't wait to get out of here so I can just fuck right off. As a person who is thinking that every second of every workday, I get that vibe, lady. That was something I really wanted to bring up, uh, because I thought it was, again, Grace Renat, the best actor in this movie, by a large margin. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Grace Renat. You're a hero. And I, I, I guess that's all we've got. Yeah, uh... 
roll the crit. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> The end.